you know, if someone's actually quite a well-established member of the community, then people take pride in that kind of thing, you know? This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 63. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Membership sites, you've got one of those. Yes. When you first started it, you had an interesting thing, didn't you? Because it, like, people couldn't buy it quite a lot of the time. No, I don't know why this is. It just seemed to, it just happened. It wasn't like it was a plan. So it was a case of I did a webinar, pitched it at the end, and people could become a member. Then it was closed after like I did like a four day open door thing, and then it was closed. And then I was, I think one of the reasons was because I had sort of, I got it was a, it's a physical newsletter, right? As well right. as some online digital content. Right. With this, with this membership site, in particular. which means you need some of them printing, like ready to go. So I had them down beside me when I was doing the pitch. So I had like two hundred the packs ready to go, and I thought, heck, am I going to be able to like sell all these? So we did the pitch. It was really, really good. And then I knew that I needed some time to figure out the logistics of having a membership site because right. there's lots of weird questions, like what happens if somebody rejoins in the middle of a bit of a, somebody else's billing period and which membership stuff should they Who gets get? what newsletter? Who gets what newsletter? All, or should they get access to all the back stuff? Loads of questions that I didn't know I'd know the answer to until I was um, in, in, in the thick of it. So I decided to close the door and then serve the members and just focus on delivering really good content without having to worry about oh, somebody else has come in and how do I deliver that? Because I didn't even have a process for like that, that next four days, every time someone placed an order, someone joined, I was there writing out the envelopes and banging the stuff in the envelopes and popping it out in the mail. Right. But if somebody had done that in five weeks' time, how would I know they joined? What notification would I get? Would I be checking in the right place? You're like feeling your way through the process. And I was trying to understand the best way of doing it through the system that I had and through the customers I was getting and what they expected. Right. Okay, that's interesting. It's that th- but but what that led to was you having a thing and actually keeping it secret most of the time. Like almost there was loads of people within your niche, which is an obscure little niche, yeah. who didn't even know like they know who you are, yeah. like because you're well known in that industry. Yes. But you didn't even they didn't even know you had a thing. Like no. they weren't on that webinar. After if they that, were on that webinar like, and they didn't see the pitch, they wouldn't even know, which is quite nice in a way because people are like, oh, he's quite quiet. He doesn't sell very much right. very often. He's not constantly on the pitch. I'm not feeling like every time I hear from him, he's trying to get me into this membership thing. Oh, here he is again with this membership thing. But I did have a page up, which after it closed, was if people heard about it, they could go to and they could register interest for the future. So the next time I did a webinar, and I did a webinar once a quarter. So it was... I was going to say, it, it wasn't like every week. It was... Several months. It was it was four times a year for the first nine, uh, first eighteen months. So like it was only open a few times uh, for that first just over a year, and then I switched. I took a massive risk because I was terrified. Because you can't go back from this. Very well, you, you can. I think you probably can. But what I did is I made it open all the time, and I just said, "Hey, you want to join? Click here, you can join." And that meant now I could no longer rely on the fact that I've got a webinar event to pitch membership because that was the only model I was following webinar pitch membership under the, the pressure of missing out it's going to close soon and that's why you should buy at the end of this webinar because without urgency it's not a it, it, it's there's no real offer there's not a reason to act now and there's no real offer and it's easy to like you know give in to that fear of but without this pressure 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 will people actually actively go now will they act will they yeah. take the action and the answer is yes because i made a massive mindset sh- mindset shift mindset shift do you know what I, that's my short that shift, short yeah, there you go. Uh, i made a mindset shift which was to do with understanding and i talk about this when we get into this interview with my companion in a moment 
I bring this up and I made a mindset shift, which is around what is urgency? What is scarcity? And urgency and scarcity, I think, have been massively misunderstood. And I think this will be a big thing for a lot of people. It certainly was for me when I fairly recently figured this out. And I might just be being thick, I don't know. But urgency and scarcity are, not, are often misplaced to being in the offer. Right. There needs to be urgency and scarcity in the offer. That's only one way of doing it. Right. The other piece of urgency and scarcity... We're going to give you in this episode. Oh, are you going to do that to them? Yeah. Wow. All right. We're going to do it in the interview. Hang on the cliff because we're going to tell them in a minute. We are going to tell them in a minute. Because this week we were really excited to talk to the king and queen, see what I did there, of membership sites as we once again step into the breach of four marketers walking into our podcast. Yes. Instead of three. Before we get into that interview, just to tease you a bit more over that threshold, we're going to head over. Rob, have you got a quote of the week to get us going? I have because as they say, cut lemons, dry tears, fix fences. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you are a person who packages or sells their expertise, some kind of training, if you've got a training program, an online coaching, that kind of thing. Or a membership site. Or a membership site. uh, Yes, indeed. What a good episode to do that. And you would like to get more results, better results from email marketing. You'd like to reduce the number of unsubscribes you're getting. You'd like to make a return on your investment, make sales faster to people who just join your list then I think you're going to get a load of value out of the upcoming web class we are putting on. It's totally free for you to attend as a listener to the podcast. Just head over to www.responsesuite.com slash webinar. Mm. And you can register to join one of the classes that's coming up. The feedback we've had from people who've attended, attended this class in the past has been great. And the results I'm hearing that they're getting are fantastic. So go out and take action on that stuff. With, that, with all that said... Yes, so we spoke to Mike and Callie, who are the membership guys, who are just killing it when it comes to membership sites. Like They just really understand. And I want to just give you a little bit of an advanced apology. They're from the same hometown as us. And I don't know about you, but whenever you speak to somebody who's from your hometown, they suck you in with your own colloquial accent. So if some of this gets a little bit colloquial and you can't understand all the words we're saying in our normal dulcet tones, uh, Just we apologize. tweet angry tweets at us. Please, please do. do. Please do. Oh, have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Have you left us a review? We're doing a brand new thing, by the way. If you're a new listener, let us know you're a new listener. Let us know by putting a comment, a bit of feedback on your favorite podcast player. We want to know all who are the new listeners. Let us know. Go to responsesuite.com slash iTunes to let us know that and leave a little review on there. All new listeners alert. High five to you. Anyway, that's enough links and stuff. Let's link. All the nuggets about membership. Mike and Callie, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How's it going? It's going well. We're really excited about this. Like another set of Jory voices on a podcast. That's like <laughs> unprecedented. Yeah, I feel like the odd one out now, though. Yeah, you've got <laughs> proper. Where are you from? Where are you from again? Um, I'm kind of from all over, but originally <laughs> from Cheshire, but I've moved around a lot. So, yeah, okay. uh, nondescript yeah. accent here. Yeah, I mean, we, we met when she was like down in, in Somerset, and I just dragged her kicking and screaming back to the Northeast. But this you know, podcast would be much better if we all had Somerset accents. <laughs> it would. It would. All right, my lover. For the listeners as well, then there'll be a full transcript of everything we're about to say. Because as soon as I'm around another Geordie person, I suddenly turn like Jimmy Neal. Into your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
turning to my dad. Obviously, when I talk about Jory, I tell him I hate to talk about membership and any kind of subscription model business. And I know one of the things that I've done with one of my membership programs is I've run two different types of models. I've done a model where it was very launch mentality for me. It was very much, it's open for a bit. Please become a member. Join, 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 join. Get a big cohort in. Everything's good. Close membership down and then put some kind of waiting list up on the on the page. Do more hype and excitement, then open it again and let people in, which was great. But it does mean you've got to remember how you've got to remember to keep doing it. Otherwise, you're like, why why my membership dropping off? Hmm. Hang on, you haven't opened the doors for a year, you plum. And but whereas now I've got it open all the time, and it was a thing I was terrified about doing because I was thinking there's no urgency, there's no excitement about doing it. So two distinct membership models there, always open or sort of launch mentality. I know you've got some pretty strong opinions about it. From all the memberships that you see, what's really working and why? Um, Okay, I'll probably start with some caveats before I I get on the the soapbox. Yeah, there's definitely some situations where the the launch model, where just having a very short window during which people can join and then closing the doors, there's some scenarios and situations where that is the best approach, right? You know, if you are doing some sort of guided program where where it benefits the students, everybody to be moving through your material at the same pace at the same time, so it's a it's a cohort based strategy, then closing the door so you can just focus on that. And so you can make sure that everyone's on track and, you know, you don't have a member base where everyone's at different stages and stuff like that. Um, If that is conducive to the best possible learning environment for what you're trying to teach and how you're trying to teach it, then go for it. You know, um, that does sound a bit more like, like almost like a course. Oh, yeah. yeah. So again, you know, you do have some some memberships where they have they're, they're basically built around a, a core course or like a roadmap or something like that, or it's a group coaching program where the you're still paying a subscription because you get supporting materials and stuff like that, or because it's lifelong learning once you're past that initial uh, initial introductory stage. So. In that sort of situation, closing the doors can be better for the members, right? Um, some memberships as well. Sorry, Kelly, you were... No, I was just going to say that, you know, the times we object to it is when it's done purely as a marketing gimmick because yeah. you're not sure how else to get members in and you're doing it purely to force people to join. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, some, uh, again, another kind of caveat, some memberships are seasonal. So, um, or they're very limited in terms of, the topic. So, you know, teaching someone how to drive and stuff like that, mm. or helping um, people prepare for their GCSE exams. Like, mm. again, these are sort of things where you might just want to look at a slightly different approach to just being open all of the time. And again, the key difference Kali just touched on there is your motivation, your reason for doing it. If you want to close the doors because you know from all your experience as an educator, as a leader, as a teacher in your field, that closing the doors is the absolute best thing for the member, for the student, mm-hmm. then there's validity to it. Where we do object to it is where it's purely a sales and marketing strategy. Um, That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, first of all, urgency and scarcity are overrated. Now, that's not to say that they're not powerful marketing tools and all of that. And you go out in the world every day and you'll see examples of scarcity and urgency being used. Mm-hmm. But they're not the only tools in a marketer or a salesperson's arsenal. 
Right. I think what's really interesting about that, Mike, as well, is urgency and scarcity is often seen as the thing that the business does. I'm going to close it or it's going to run out. Actually, mm-hmm. create urgency and scarcity in the person instead. So often that urgency and scarcity is misplaced. So like mm-hmm. the reason to join urgently is because of the benefit it's going to have to you and <laughs> what you're going to miss out on rather than, oh, it's going to be bloody closed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like if you take our membership as an example, if we close the doors and somebody's there looking for somewhere to learn about how to create a membership site, then are they going to wait a year until we open the doors again or six months? Or are they going to go and find somewhere else to create a membership site? Because if somebody is willing to wait six months to a year for you to solve their problem, it's not a problem. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, if it's you don't want members who have such a low drive and such a low commitment level to solving their problem that they're willing to defer having access to that solution for six to 12 months. Um, because yeah, it's not a pressing problem. And so they're not, they don't, they're obviously not as motivated because a person who's motivated to solve their problem, if the solution is not immediately available to them, they will go and seek an alternative. They won't wait around. If you are starving, you are literally starving and you come across a restaurant, the menus in the window as (laughs) is with all great restaurants, the menus in the window, yeah, uh, with photos of the food and your mouth is just drooling, you're salivating, you know this is a place you want to eat and you desperately need to eat, but it's closed until tomorrow. Are you going to just sit outside the door and starve to death waiting for them to open or are you just going to walk a little further down the street and find somewhere else to eat, right? If you're not starving, then maybe you'll wait, but actually who the hell's going to wait a day, a week, a month, six months or whatever to get access to the solution to a problem that they currently have. So the mindset of the, the member, the mindset of the user and how that relates to their likelihood to be a long-term committed, good member. Um, again, it's all kind of tied in together. And yeah, the whole urgency, scarcity, and you know, all that sort of stuff, Yes, it can compel people into buying, but how about just having an awesome product? Like That can create the urgency. Urgency comes from, you know what, I've just got to have this. I just want this now because it is so awesome. Like, if you go to the Apple store, mm-hmm. you don't make you, you know, sign up for a wait list and wait six months before they'll let you buy one of those shiny iPhones or those, those iMacs or whatever. You go in, you see something cool, you pick it up, or actually, you don't even pick it up and take the counter now. Someone does some fancy doodah, but you tell someone you want to buy, you give them money, you get the cool thing now. And that's how most products and services are sold. Like the whole launch mentality, closed door um, strategy, it's a one that's been popularized by certain fringe elements within the internet marketing space yeah. um, because it's easy to dress that up as some sort of silver bullet or some magical strategy and then charge someone $2,000 for a course that teaches it. But in reality, the most successful memberships in the world, the most successful subscription companies in the world, they are not closing subscription periods. They are not closing their doors. Netflix don't close their doors. Like They die. Right? The biggest memberships like lynda.com, Masterclass, they don't close their doors. They are always open because of course they are. 
And do you think one of the things, one of us, one of the, the, this is a symptom of something that's perhaps actually a gap in message to market match, where actually what it means is you haven't correctly tapped in either the correct market or with that correct message. So you actually are not compelling enough to bring those people in or even reach rather than it being, like you say, just an emotional, oh, I better buy that thing, even though I don't really know what I'm buying, just to, before <laughs> yeah. it closes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. Like one of my frustrations when people kind of move from an evergreen to a launch model with their membership and they're like, oh, well, you know, I got 20 members in my launch by closing the doors and I only got 20 members in the whole year before that when I was evergreen. My, my issue there is usually that the thing with a launch is you're marketing your membership. You're really, really marketing your membership. You're, you're reaching out to your audience. You're hitting your audience uh, in every way that you can. Most people, when they haven't had success with an evergreen membership, they've not been marketing the membership. Yeah. They think that they just leave the doors open, have a few links to their sales page somewhere, and you know they wonder why they're not getting sales. And as you say, either the messaging is not right or they've not got a proper marketing strategy in place. They're not doing anything to actually drive traffic and sales in the same way that they're doing when they are having a launch. And then the issue comes in is that they'll have that first launch and it's great. But usually after the first two or three launches, you get diminishing returns. And actually, you know, we see this a lot. People will will go in on the launch model for a year, maybe 18 months. And then after that, they start realizing that actually this isn't working for me. Yeah. The first launch does well. It gives you that dopamine hit because you get, you get like six months worth of members in one goal. And so it looks like it's a more effective strategy. It feels like it's a more effective strategy. And it's easy to look at that and say, well, why was it, why was I ever considering being evergreen? As Callie said, you know, if you get, you get like 20 members or 200 members in one week from your launch, um, where you close the doors. And in the previous year, you've, you've had less than that then you're going to look at the two approaches and think, okay, well, one is clearly better than the other. But usually that launch model is masking inadequacies elsewhere. So either the messaging or like you say, you just haven't made your membership compelling. You haven't been actively marketing and selling your membership. And like without fail, we see this as a diminishing strategy. Like the first launch usually goes like gangbusters. The second one goes worse. But still, still good enough mm-hmm. for you not to write it off. Yeah, and or then, better if you've worked on building your audience in between. So often yeah. the second but usually people don't though. Usually people switch off because the danger is as soon as this works once for someone, hmm. they and and they know that all they had to do was just go hell for leather yeah, for like out that email to the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just go hell for leather. They put a fortune in Facebook ads. They give massive cuts to affiliates. They just pull in every favor, try everything just to get all of that condensed attention um, on on their launch for that short period of time. Hmm. They think that all they need to do then is just wait six months and do that again. Um, And they can just switch off. In the, in the time in between. They don't need to sell. They don't need to market. They don't need to put in any effort to build their audience or grow their list. But the problem with all the, all this, you know, hype and all, all these sort of things people do to generate that buzz and attention is they get played out. 
they lose their impact. Unless you're refreshing and renewing your audience every time, then by the time you've done your second or third launch, all you're left with are people who've seen this all before and it hasn't worked for them. And so just launching to them again isn't going to move them off the shelf. Um, yeah. So, Love so it. I mean, Love one it. step back from this then, I suppose, is to have a membership that's permanently open. But the other thing that you sort of see is people will say, well, I'll tell you what, if you join this week, then we're going to give you this stack of stuff for free as a bonus, but only this week. And then next week, we're going to give you, it'll be a different thing. We're going to give you this big stack of stuff. Where do you sit on that? Obviously, it's, it's an evergreen model. It's permanently open, yeah. but you're sort of d- running little, almost mini launches, if you like, on top of it. Yeah, running, running mini promotions. You can even do things that would be considered, say, launch marketing while the membership is open. So we've run challenges, for example, like in January, we, we run a membership kickoff challenge as a promotion for the academy and things like that. But the membership's always open. So you can definitely run promotions and, and do things, challenges, summits, even just bonuses, bonuses trials. Like trials. If, if you don't like, Trials can work very well for memberships. Um, but, you know, if you don't have a, a trial offer available normally on, on a regular day of the week, then, yeah, you can run a, a short promotion where for this week only, if you sign up, we're giving you 14 days free to take it for a test run. Um, we don't normally do this. So if you want to get that free trial, you need to join by this date. Now, the, the level of urgency um, and the level of scarcity relative to your doors closing completely isn't quite as high but it doesn't need to be, right? Because it's backed up by that consistent stream of ongoing marketing, ongoing awareness building, ongoing audience building that is already kind of bringing you in members. So you don't need that all or nothing type of urgency and scarcity. And again, you just need to step outside of this online business internet marketing world and look at what's working out there and has worked out there in the traditional markets for years. Like, Stores and shops, e-commerce, like they run promotions, limited time offers and deals. There's scarcity there, there's urgency there, but it's not a case of here's this product available for two minutes and then it's never going to be available again. Mm-hmm. Like that is the real extreme of of having a, an urgency or a scarcity based strategy. So yeah, promotions work fantastically well. Um, and yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes it can be money off. Sometimes it can be bonus content. You don't want to overdo it because right. uh, there's a real risk that you almost train your audience into expecting yeah. a bonus, expecting a discount, and so it, it becomes an ineffective strategy. Because what happens is, you know, if 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 someone's been on your list and they know that the fourth week of every month you do a special promotion, um, then in the first, second, and third week, if they're considering joining. They're just going to think, oh, actually, no, I'll just wait till the next one. I'll just wait till the next one because I know there's going to be a, a promo coming up. That's really interesting. I think when it comes to you know growing your membership past a particular ceiling that maybe you've hit, there's a couple of things. Obviously, we need to make sure we've got a fine balance of new members coming in versus kind of monitoring and, and doing whatever we can about attrition. One of the things I think that's interesting that most memberships like owners avoid is when people leave the membership, they just sort of let them go and there's really no process to, to what happens next. What do you guys do in terms of you know somebody's, somebody's decided to cancel for whatever reason, they have canceled, they've left the membership, you've let them go. What happens next? Do you just let them kind of float off into the ether and, and you know, hope they might come back Whoa. one day? No, <laughs> no, we definitely don't. So one of the first things we do is that even before they cancel, we, we find out why they're canceling. Yeah, so, we gather data. Yeah, we, we 
find out why they're cancelling. And if we can, we offer them an alternative. So if somebody is cancelling because they don't have time at the minute, for example, then we'll maybe offer them the option to pause instead. Or maybe they've hit a financial hardship for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Then we'll offer them the option to pause their membership instead and come back within a certain period of time yeah. rather than cancel. So that's kind of a little a little less of a severance. Yeah. And you know, it still gives them a mindset. They're still part of the membership. They're just putting their subscription on hold. Um, because yeah, not having time and maybe not being able to afford payments, they in a lot of cases are temporary situation changes. Um, so you know, giving people the option to do that, uh, we find yeah, that that definitely I think that's a huge thing there. What what I do with one of mine is I love your feedback on this and feel free, even though it's our podcast, feel free to tell me I'm doing it wrong. I'm mm. listening. Um, but when someone again cancelled, there's a, a video of me being absolutely empathetic, like I totally get it. Sometimes yeah. We have a bad month and I, and I totally get that. And I talk about those different things of either it's time or money or something I don't understand. And what I do, if they say it's time, what I offer them is I say, you know what? If you give us another chance, I've got this really good time management program. I want you to ignore everything else I'm going to send you and teach you and yeah. just study this one thing that helps them overcome that problem. Whereas if it's the money thing, I offer them like a downsell, which is like a silver, quote, air quotes, silver level membership. Where the, which is not advertised publicly, which is just yeah. how, basically takes away a tiny little bit of the membership, but for a significant discount, which saves some people. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about that? Is that a terrible okay. idea? Have I missed the trick? No, no, that's, that is absolutely perfect. And that's what you should be doing because you know some people will just want to leave and they'll just pick, you know, if you've got a pre-cancellation survey or something where you just say, you know, you're getting them to choose why they're leaving. Some people will just pick any old option. They just they're just not using it. They're, they've grown bored. They signed yeah. up with good intentions and the plans have changed or whatever. But some people and a large portion of people, um, you know, if they say they can't afford it or they say they don't have the time, it's a genuine reason. And so if you can actually solve that problem, for all you know, and, and I think you should always assume that people would want to stay part of your membership yeah. and leaving as a last resort. So being able to solve that specific problem and the fact that, you know, the time management um, course, that's something we've seen used um, with, well, actually we, we worked with a, a past client to implement on their site for exactly the same reason. Because I, okay, if this is genuinely why you want to leave, this is exactly how you address that issue. And yeah. if you don't then take me up on that, then, um, okay, there's there's nothing more I can do for you yeah. because I am actually giving you the solution to your problem that yeah. will enable you to then go further and you're turning that down. Um, exactly. So it's about taking responsibility yourself and saying, mm -hmm. you know, is there something I did? Like, don't be like, oh, that person's a moron. They want to leave. It's like taking yeah. responsibility and then serving them and like, like helping for real. Exactly. Yeah. And if somebody does go through with that cancellation and they still cancel, then that doesn't need to be the end either. I think we think when somebody's canceled that that means that they hate us, they hate mm -hmm. our site, they want nothing more so, to do with us. Take it so personally. And yeah, yeah. Most of the time that isn't the case. And a lot of the time members will come back in the future yeah. if they because they know that you have stuff that they want in the future. So having what we call a fireproof bridge, essentially, mm. where you kind of you have that follow up sequence for your canceled members where you remind them, you know, first of all, you ask for their feedback, then you remind them about all the things that yeah. membership provides and things like that uh, works really well. Yeah, you check in with them from time to time. You obviously don't want to be that that crazy ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend who's kind of like, do you miss me? Do you miss me? But, you know, you... By the way, I do. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ta- from time to time, just check in with them, see how things are going. If you know when someone left that they said they were leaving because they'd achieved their goals. So that's one of the questions we ask in our cancellation survey. You know, um, one of the reasons we give people uh, to, to choose from as a, a reason for leaving is I achieved what I joined to achieve. And we then ask them, okay, what did you join to achieve? And sometimes it may just be because with memberships in particular, there's so many stages and such a long journey. Yeah. And maybe they've just got to a key point and they want to go away and just spend six months just focusing on their own thing, not learning, not consuming, just creating. Well, if we've got that information, we can follow up with them later and kind of, you know, see how things are going yes. and nudge them back towards our, our membership. So, you know, we call it a fireproof bridge because it's, it is so common for many membership owners to just totally burn their bridges and think that someone leaving their site is the end, that it is some that. sort of personal affront. We yeah. have almost 30% of people who leave our site come back to us within a year. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. And that is just because we, we don't consider cancellation the end of the journey. It's, it's not just a messy hard. breakup, you know, is it? Yeah, exactly. we, have a, we, have a, we have a thing here that, I, that I run for, throughout my businesses and, and here in response to it as well. And we call it, um, about, we call it legacy. And it's, a, it's literally about what is the feeling that you want people to leave with, even when they, that they move away from that relationship? What's the legacy you're leaving behind? Is it one that you got pissed off with them and decided, well, screw you, um, you're, not, you're no longer a member and I hope it all goes horribly wrong for you? Or is it one of saying, I still care about you. I realize yeah. it's not right right now. What's the legacy of the emotion and emotional attachment they had to you? And now, if it's a positive one, it's amazing because now in a few months time when they're looking for some more help and they've sort of had a little bit of time away, because sometimes we just need a little break. Sometimes we just need that little time to ourselves. Yeah. And we're still, we still have that really good reputation going forward, don't we? And, yeah. And the thing is, like people assume cancelling something will be a negative experience. So have you ever tried to cancel like a mobile phone contract or, yes. <laughs> or anything like that? You, you gear yourself up for a fight, right? You know, this is going to be just a big pain in the ass because yeah. they're going to, they're, they're going to make me call them for a start. Instead, you have to call a different number. And then yeah, you have to go I, and find the legendary exactly. ring, the deep dark a, forest and bring it back inside of a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a premium rate number. And it's like, well, I, I, I could sign up. I signed up for this thing in two minutes online, but they won't let me cancel online. I've got to call up and I've speak the customer service thing and they've transferred me to sales. They don't even make any pretense about the fact they're not transferring me to a cancellation team. They're transferring me to sales to try and sell to me and I just want rid of this thing. I'm so people and the legacy there is absolutely horrific. We all yeah. leave going, they're a bunch of they're a bunch exactly. of leaders. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, before that, you might have actually thought real positive things about this company, real positive things about this service. It just so happens that, I don't know, you just can't afford it right now. Or, um, you know, you're, you leave, you're going away for a bit and you know you're not going to be using this yep. thing that you're paying for. So up until that point of trying to cancel, you might have been the happiest customer who would, even if you left, recommend them to everyone, probably come back someday, sing their praises to the high heavens, defend them on social media, all that sort of stuff. 
But because people expect the cancellation process to be a one that is difficult and antagonizing, you can turn that positive to a negative so fast. I think that is the point in the, in the customer journey and the member life cycle where things can flip on their head in an instant because someone can go from your biggest fan to your biggest critic if you make it too difficult for them to cancel, if you treat them like you know they are the worst person in the world for even considering not using your service. And again, we see these extremes in the online business space. We, we've seen some stories like where people will not let you rejoin their membership if you cancel, like ever. They tell you, if you leave, we will not allow you to yep. come back. What yeah. the hell is that about? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, uh, on the on the phone contract thing, it's when you call up and say, hello, can I speak to the cancellation department, please? And so certainly, we'll transfer you to the revenue protection department now. We may as well be saying the sales and reputation prevention department. Now, because <laughs> obviously you guys are an astounding double act. And so we have put together a very special game. We're going to interrupt oh, no. the first game of the episode, which is all about famous double acts. Now, I must apologize in advance to any listeners who may be listening across the pond or in other countries. Some of these may be more or well or less well-known uh, in different countries. Yeah, so <laughs> here's your first one. Robson and... Jerome. Cannon and... Ball. Peter Cook and... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know who Peter Cook is. No, nothing. No, no, it was Dudley Moore. Morgan uh, and... I'm not that old. Uh, wise. Yeah. Hale and... Ace. Yes. Dawn French and... Jennifer Saunders. Got it. Stephen Fry and... Hugh Laurie. Yes. Penn and... Teller. Teller. <laughs> Absolutely. Rick Mayle and... Ed Edmonton. I Eight. knew you would get that one. Yeah. Vic Reeves and... Bob Mortimer. Nine, Nine out, out of ten! ten. I'm surprised there was no Ant and Deck in there. Yeah, there was no Ant and Deck. I kept waiting for the Ant and Deck. No, we, we purposely circumvented Ant and Deck. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually, I've actually been on stage um, with Penn and Teller. Have you? Congrats. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, in Vegas, in yeah. In Vegas, yeah, yeah. Which part of the have you on for? Did they do the thing with the fish with you? It was no, no. It was they didn't rabbit. do the fish one. It was the it was the first trick, and we were like two rows from the front, wow. and I'd kind of we were. I was a bit disheveled because we'd been traveling around the states, mm-hmm. and I said to Callie, "I hope they don't like pull me up on stage because we're quite close to the to the front." Yeah. And literally the first trick, um, Pen came out, and I thought he was going to get me up, and he just gave me a hat to hold, and I thought, "Okay, I'm getting away with this." And then he came out five minutes later and pulled me up on stage and had me doing the whole. It was Teller basically pulling a rabbit from a hat. Um, ah yes, it's yes, a great yes. show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The fish, the fish thing's so cool. Uh, it's really they've got. It's great. I'll be seeing them again actually in uh, in November, so I'm looking forward to that. Nice. There you go. There you go. All right. So back to membership. I want, I'm going to sort of change gears and get your opinion on something which I think is dead edgy and dead controversial because you know I'm trying to do my best here. So what I want to know is what's your opinion? You've got a membership. You've got a whole bunch of people paying you on a regular basis, monthly, yearly, quarterly, however your model works. But you've also got this other fabulous new product. What's your opinion on selling stuff to your existing members? No go or hell yeah? I, th- I think it's fine if it makes sense that this is something that the members would want. So if it's yeah. a natural follow-on. So a common example of that is if somebody's got a membership site and then they create an in-depth course that goes really deep on a particular topic that it may be covered in the membership briefly, for example, or is completely separate but yeah. still around the same thing. Then yeah, I think selling to you members if it fits 
what they need yeah, is relevant. fine. What we tend to recommend is that your members always get preferential treatment though. So if you've got a product or a course, for example, that you're selling to the public for $2,000, your members get it for 1500 maybe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they kind of always kind of get a discount on other services. You don't have to do that, but that's just kind yeah. of, we like taking a, a members get preferential treatment approach. Yeah, and well, that preferential I'm, treatment could be just early access. Like you're yeah. getting it beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I want some reviews and some feedback. You can buy this first, you lucky things. Yeah, yeah. Should, it's, it's, an, it's such an easy win for you as a membership owner to, to make being a member something that bumps you up in the queue to get something earlier or get something cheaper or you get priority. You know, if you're doing a live event, members get like priority seats Absolutely. at the event yes. or, you know... Stick closer to me, you can touch me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's the easiest thing in the world. So we're big fans, we call it the membership ecosystem. We're big fans of having um, this, this collective of different products and services, but with your membership at the heart, right? Because if you think of it, if you almost think of your membership as uh, this is your... Base of power users. These are your proven buyers. You know, a lot of people say, you know, the money's in the list in reference to email marketing. The money's in the membership. Like literally, these guys are paying you. They're proving their ability and willingness to put their hand in their pocket and pay you for solutions to their problems. So if you have other products that solve the same problems in a different way, you know, more one-on-one, more in-depth with more facilitation, maybe done for you instead of do it yourself or, you know, solve other related problems that those people are going to have. It just makes sense to offer them to those guys, but always find ways to make, um, to, to make your members able to get some sort of preference to, you know, someone just random off the street. Yeah. Having said that, what you don't want to do though is make your members feel like you're constantly selling to yeah, them. So it's a you, yeah, you don't want members to have a different offer every week or things like that. Or you don't want somebody to join your membership and have three different upsells straight away to get them to kind of pay you more money and things. So it's fine to sell to members, but you don't want your yeah. members to feel like they're essentially just there to be sold it's, to. Yeah. It's remembering, you know, you, you're not going to bombard your email list every single week with a new product or a new thing because it's just not good business sense. It's not good marketing sense. Don't forget that, yes, okay, your members are now paying customers. That doesn't then mean that, you know, they've got this um, big mark next to their name, which is like, okay, they'll buy anything. So let's just (laughs) bombard them. Um, And definitely, definitely don't do the bait and switch. Like we see this again, it's, we're so kind of um, exposed to some of the worst practices in the membership market. Yeah. So, you know, one of the one of my biggest pet peeves is the bait and switch where you sell the membership as being this be all end all that'll help everyone with all their issues and then someone joins and actually you just under deliver in a massive way and really in order to get the solution that they want, they then have to pay more. They then gotta to upgrade to the platinum platinum level. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just sucks. Um if you try and keep everything with the member experience, the member journey in mind, and you ditch the gimmicks, you ditch the dodgy internet marketing nonsense, and you just focus on how can I help solve my audience's problems through my membership, through my other products, and you always make that central to every decision that you make, then things generally slot into place in a positive way. 
there is a risk, I think, because as, as marketers with membership sites, we're so busy going off every day creating new content that's designed to sell the membership and designed to sell people into the membership. It's easy, I think, once people get in to take your foot off the gas with engaging with them and creating content for them. And what that means is that, and, you, and I bet there's people doing it who don't even realize they're doing it, where they pop into the Facebook group or they pop into the forum and the only time they make a post is to tell the members about this other new thing they can buy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they're just in that mentality of I create content and content sells. So that does make me wonder about, one of my membership programs, I've had some ridiculous statistic years ago that the average membership lasts no, three, no, three four no, months. No, 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 no. Exactly. What a load of, I mean, I've got do, you know, do you know where that came from? Where did it come from? The porn industry. Well, there you go. That'll be why. It came from... It, 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 the first mention of that three-month thing, because I, I got so tired of hearing this that I researched it. The first mention... Is that, is that what you told her when you, when you called yeah. her? That's what I told her, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was Listen, the one that told I you. Was that getting, was I was getting, yeah, we were getting away with that. But no, the very first mention was in relation to paid porn websites. Right. And it was probably about 15 years ago. And even when that was mentioned, the, the report, the article it was mentioned in, there was no source. Cited, right? So it's an people get bored of boobs. Yeah, basically, <laughs> or they they get tired of paying for porn. Um, when like the it's so variable across so many different sites yeah. and so many different industries. The the closest you can come to an industry average, and it's nigh on impossible to get industry average data for the type of membership we're talking about because it relatively is a tiny, tiny, tiny sub niche of a sub niche of a sub niche. Yeah, but it generally comes out around eight to nine months based on a few different um, sources like Bay Metrics and um, I think ProfitWow is another place, like places that are actually tracking subscription company data, um, subscriptions in the online education and membership realm generally come out at about eight to nine months. So let's say we've got somebody who's been with us for a while. So I'm, I'm going to show off for a second. My membership average is around 24 months. Didn't I do well, right? But that's just how, because I'm in a really tight sub-niche. Pat, pat, pat on the back. That there. noise you can hear is him patting me on the back. I'm not checking any pornography at all. Um, um, that it's... Um, but the, the, the challenge we have when we get to like after 12, 13, 18 months is how do we keep those legacy, those people who've been with us a while, members engaged. So for let me give you an example, just while you think about what you, what you sort of advised. So is there some kind of way you keep it fresh? One of the things I've done, for example, is I do a rebrand of what it all looks like. I don't rename it or anything, but what it all looks like, the look and feel of everything, I do that every two years. Just when they go, oh, it looks different. <laughs> I keep them fresh. Another one is, what do you, and I've not done this, but what do you think about membership loyalty? Like after you've been a member for X amount of months, you get an extra perk or maybe you get like a little badge next to your name or something like that. So how does that work? Or do you think it's totally unnecessary? I think it's always a good idea to kind of show members you appreciate that they have been members in the long term. And right. yeah, so things like giving a, a special badge when someone hits a particular like milestone in your membership, sending them a postcard saying, hey. Happy memberversary. Yeah, happy memberversary. It's great oh, to have not, you as a member still. Ah, nice. You know, little touches like that. Even just a little welcome video, a personal video saying, you know, hey, just wanted to say, we really appreciate that you've been a member for this while. Yeah. But then also, as you said, you know, memberships, the great thing with them is 
they're not generally static. They tend to constantly evolve. So throughout those two years, and as you said, maybe you've rebranded, maybe you've added some new features and things like that. You know, every year we do a big survey of our members. And on the basis of that, we maybe add one or two new things into the academy, new features that then keep members interested and things like that as well. But as well, it's, you know, it's worth, it's worth remembering that, you know, by that point, people, they're probably not sticking around for more content. People have been around for a couple of years. Actually, the the main value that they'll most likely be getting is the community. It's the connections and the relationships and their standing. You know, if someone's actually quite a well-established member of the community, then people take pride in that kind of thing, you know? And so, yeah, just making sure you don't forget about those people just doing those little things to, to let them know they are appreciated. Like we do, we do a member of the month. Um, so every single month we put out the Academy show, which is a little news roundup video um, where we shout out any wins. So again, you know, people who've been in, in the membership for years, like we encourage them to post any successes, share their wins, anything they're particularly proud of in that month. And we shout them out. We, we name drop them. People love hearing their own name. We name drop them on the show. And we crown a member of the month based on their um, participation in the community. Sometimes there's a brand new member who's come in and just hit the ground running and provided massive kind of value and interaction in the community. Sometimes there's somebody who's been around for ages and is a cornerstone of the place. And again, it's just that recognition. It's a thank you. We send them a little gift, but... Is it I a crown? That, uh, sorry? Is it a crown? It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, not what it should be. Well, we're doing a live event in September and we're going to have some of our past members of the month there. Um, I'm not sure we'll be ordering crowns for them, but you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a nice little badge that they can stick on their lanyard or something like that. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, oh, there we are. Yeah, but you know, hey, we're just going to entice people. <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, just it, it, again, it's it's all about the mentality of of remembering that you know, once you've got the sale, that's when the journey begins. And thinking beyond just getting people in the door and always kind of staying aware of that and continuously innovating. As Callie said, memberships aren't static. They're not set in stone. There'll always be new content. There'll always be little changes. Mm-hmm. And you'll have some members who do not care about the content at all after they've been around for, for months. You'll have some members, like for example, we, we introduced something called Membership Insider um, about six months ago, which is kind of basically just me hitting record um, on the screencast as I join a membership site and just give my like real-time reactions to stuff. And sometimes it's, it's a bit funny because sometimes like, like it's really raw, real-time. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes little slips of kind of, oh, what the hell are they doing with this? Like with that sort of stuff, we suddenly found actually there were some members who'd been around for years um, they were coming out and say, oh, wow, you know, I usually don't need to kind of check out the content or whatever because the membership's running, it's up and it's sailing. I just like having the community. But actually, I love this new content because it's a completely different angle. But, you know, that only came in six months ago. Mm-hmm. So Really interesting. I love that. Yeah, so just continue to innovate, continue to find new ways of, of serving members and just making an effort to um, show people you appreciate them. This is, this is really, really cool and absolutely on, on our wavelengths. Now, we're going to interrupt proceedings for the second and final game of the podcast. This is our favorite game. Here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, guys. Now, he's going to sing a song, but in the style 
of, in fact, a bit like something we talked about earlier with the double acts, in the style yeah. of the traditional British pub singer. Mm. And that means that some of the words will be somewhat confused and disguised. Your job, and of course, dear listeners at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy is singing. Need a big easy pay, big city day, base food a pay, and they be sipping day to pick you the fur, base the day. You know what? I think I know what it is, but I can't remember the bloody. I don't know. I thought I recognised the initial beginning bit, but then it lost oh, me. Oh, you might have done if you think you, you, might, did, if, you got, if you got the beginning. I was I was doing well, then I went completely off the chart. <laughs> um, no, I'll throw in the towel. Oh, we thought you might get that one yeah, as well. It was Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. There you go. That wasn't what I was thinking of at all. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking smack my bitch up, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we're now going to head into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, give us a book that you recommend. One but, each or... Oh, go, go ahead. Take advantage. One each. Go on then. Mine would be Never Lose a Customer Again by Jerry Coleman. Wow, I like that. It's a really good book. Um, I, I, I like... There's a book called Go It Alone by Jeff Birch. Um, it was a pivotal, pivotal book for me when I very, very first went self-employed um, back in like 2006. And it totally changed my, my perspective of the supplier customer relationship and all that stuff and it's just a real good book anything by jeff birch i love wow okay and what are something like your top success habits something that you do really regularly um we have templates and processes for everything so um we put out a lot of content obviously into the membership we put out our we've got two podcasts blog all that sort of stuff um so we've got our standard operating processes nailed for all of those things in repeatable templates within our project management system. And that is kind of just how our business runs as the cornerstone of it. It's how we're able to have so much output without tearing our hair out and also um, produce content months ahead of when it's needed. Um, so we're not you know, constantly doing anything last minute. So you're not so, reacting basically, isn't it? Exactly. SOPs and um, yeah, using using something where you can turn those into repeatable templates. Um, yeah, essential. I blooming love that. Um, can you give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to? Mine, it'd be Anne Handley. I absolutely love her. Like I've seen her speak a lot and she's one of those few people that really blends humor, but really good actionable information together well. And she's just an all around awesome person. She always seems very fun and relaxed yeah. and quirky, but really knows her stuff. Yeah, we love She's that. who I want to be when I grow yeah. up. Yeah, Marketing Profs, which is where Anne's from, was kind of, I think for both of us, one of the first sort of online authorities right. that, um, that we both gravitated to. Mine's, mine's a, a, an odd one. Um, mine's Vince McMahon. <laughs> what? From, from WWE. Yeah, WWF, I could, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, a lot of his achievements as an entrepreneur don't get the credit they deserve. Um, I mean, he gets a lot of men to wear a lot of very small clothes. I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> But because of the fact that it's, it's pro wrestling, um, he, his actual achievement as an entrepreneur and his journey doesn't get taken as seriously as it, as it should. But when you actually look into it, not so much these days, because he's kind of stuck yeah. around. It's that whole thing from The Dark Knight where it's, you know, you live, 
you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Um, he's he's probably been detrimental to his company right now. But um, like, if you look, he, he was a massive innovator and pioneer in the world of um, pay per view broadcasting. He like. If you look now, Disney and all these different channels are starting their own streaming services. WWE got there years ago. They were one of the first major brands to um, to actually switch to this to this kind of brand centric streaming network um, and and to really kind of pave the way for other companies to do that. Um, and just looking at you know the fact he was able to take a, a what was essentially a carnival act yeah. of wrestling. And very aggressively, very smartly, take over the entire US, which was previously divided into different uh, things. And then now it's it's one of the biggest brands in the world, but never gets enough credit because it's men hitting each other over the head with chairs while wearing spandex. Well, that's pretty awesome, though. It is awesome. It's like, it's like <laughs> we're learning stint. a lot about you. We're talking. We're talking pornography. We're talking yeah. about men in spandex. Pay exactly. you. It's been an educational episode. I <laughs> think we've had a lot of fun. What are some of your favorite apps that you actually run your life on? Um, not necessarily one I run my life on, but for the membership intercom. So intercom's great for kind of on-site chat messages to members, yeah. allowing customer support, and also for doing things like slipping away sequences and things. So you can you can kind of preempt yeah. those cancellations that we talked about earlier. Yeah, intercom's awesome. Um, you know, we've been big fans of that tool since. God, we, we start using six, seven years. Yeah, now. we start using it with a client project donkeys ago, and um, just that in-app messaging. It, just adds so much to to the user journey throughout your site. Um, I am. We also use Asana for pretty much. Yeah, everything. yeah, we use Asana for our project management, um, and we like Bonjoro as well. We mentioned two masterfuls. Yeah, Love yeah. It. Callie mentioned sending little personal videos to people um, on the anniversary of their memberships. Like people don't expect no. that little level of personal touch, especially today where everything's all about, you know, it's chatbots, automation, AI, all that sort of stuff. Like, I think the world of marketing, the world of business is becoming less and less human. And so using a tool like Bonjoro to just send 30 seconds of an actual real living human being, um, you know, makes a difference. Stands out more today than I think it ever has. And I like the fact you said donkeys years ago. That's got to be a donkeys. Donkeys ago. Donkeys years ago. Big important question now. Who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy? Right. We, we discussed this. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the diplomatic. I can't possibly choose because okay. ha- but I'm I working with Mike. I know this is a question you should never ask or answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Two, there's two things. One, despite being from Newcastle, I'm a traitorous Manchester United supporter. So the red hair of Rob gets a point there. But isn't it red and white? (laughs) Well, it's it's predominantly red. Good point. It depends on what it depends on what the the strip is that year. Sometimes it's been red and black more recently. Uh, Okay. Um, Well we are now out of time, I'm afraid. (laughs) There is a sec there's a second reason. We mentioned mentioned I'm a bit of a pro wrestling nerd. There used to be a wrestler called Mr. Kennedy with bleach bomb hair. Um, I and did, so, I did. This is true. Because yeah. when I, when I, when, yes, I used to get that at school. Like, Mr. Kennedy. That's the one. Yeah. He, he, he sucked. So sorry. I know oh, I know it wasn't you, but you know. 
close. I was, I was, I was, I saw, you and thought you, you were clawing I, back. I, from I thought I was clawing back there. Mm. Okay, now I'm going to ask you where can people go to find out about you, but I want to ask this in a twofold way, which, which I've never done before. Mm. First of all, for any listener who's listening before your event in September, where can people go to find out more about that? That is at retainlive.com. Yeah, retain, R-E-T-A-I-N, live.com. Okay, but for everybody else who are listening to this later on into the future, where can people go to find out more about you guys? Uh, TheMembershipGuys.com. That's where we've got a whole bunch of free resources, free uh, free content and all that good stuff um, for anyone, whatever stage they are in their membership journey. Yeah, not only is it great stuff, by the way, but, but listeners, it looks gorgeous all of their stuff looks amazing yeah so it does so and it's great stuff too thank you so much for being with us absolute pleasure it's been a lot of fun it's been great fun it's yeah. only the second time we've ever done a podcast together it is as well usually we kind of divide and conquer so yeah this is this is our second outing both together on a podcast so you guys you guys are, are getting a bit of a, almost an exclusive I love Someone that. picked I love you to it, you know. Almost exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Look at us just bringing people together. Like <laughs> Just a great discussion about membership sites. Like it's one of my most passionate topics. Is There's how so do you many create as well. great membership sites? I mean, it's complex. Like having a great membership site and serving people in an equal way is really tricky. But getting people in, you know, that's the, that's the thing. Open, close, always open. And everything else that goes along with it. How do you keep those members engaged so it grows faster? Really, really good stuff. Now, if you've, if you've enjoyed this episode, which I know you have, and you've missed any of it, which you might have done because there's lots of stuff, we have put together all of the show notes for you so that you can check them out. You can find those over on the blog at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 063. And if you, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you're a new listener, it's a big high five this week to all new listeners. Head over, leave us a review, leave us some feedback, leave us your comments. Let us know you're a new listener. You just tuned in and what you thought of this, your first episode. We'd love to hear from you. That's it. And we'll see you right back here next week. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.